Hi out there. I'm Pat Pauley, and I want to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we talk with people in the visual arts mm-hmm. or the performing arts, and this week, we're talking about the wonderful Museum of Glass in Tacoma. And here to talk with us are Katie Buckingham and Ben Cobb. And Katie is the assistant curator there at the Museum of Glass. And she has worked at the Museum of Glass since 2012. She received an MA in museology from the UW and a BA in art history and visual culture from Whitman College. Katie has worked for Mohai, Saddle Aquarium, and Woodland Park Zoo. She grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and she loves to ski and hike. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thanks, Pat. And then Ben Cobb, Hot Shop Director and Lead Gaffer, has been at the Museum of Glass even longer than Katie, like ever since it opened, right? (laughs) You keep it going. (laughs) He is originally from Newport, Rhode Island, and he has been working in glass since 1993, He earned a BFA in glass and sculpture at Rochester Institute of Technology's School of American Crafts. He has worked at the Haystack Mountain School of Crafts in Maine, the studio at the Corning Museum of Glass in New York, Pilchuck Glass School, and Bacchus Glass in Sonoma, California. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Pat. Wonderful to to be here this afternoon. Great. We're so happy you're here to talk about the Museum of Glass. And, but, before we get started, let's talk about a couple of must-see events here locally. And one of them is called uh, String. It's a new musical put on by Village Theater. And it opened March 15. And uh, so <clears throat> it's brand new. It might end up on Broadway. you got to see it now. It's a fable. Done, of course, with music and dancing. Three goddesses, after <clears throat> falling out of favor with Zeus, find them banished to a skyscraper in the mortal world. And, of course, everything goes wrong and uh, then get re- gets resolved. And, of course, everybody uh, sings about it <laughs> and has a good time. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. And then also at Sam Seattle Art Museum, Figuring History... Robert Colescott, uh, Carrie James Marshall, and Micheline Thomas are uh, there, and they have a lot of questions in their art. And the keynote is the absence of people of color in history painting. History painting are, you know, paintings of heroes and all things throughout history. And actually, there's an absence of women in there, too. And uh, Micheline Thomas really brings that out. But, you know, it's something you really don't think about. Who figures history? Who is figured in history? And then who has the power? And who shares your history? Who shapes your history? It's just a rethinking. And I know that's something I've been doing lately is rethinking the history classes you took, you know, as you were going through school. And you go, yeah, yeah, from whose viewpoint, you know? Anyway, uh, that's what I'm going to next week with my uh, art mashup class. We're all going, so. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Should be good. 
We'll be back shortly talking about everything going on at the Museum of Glass in Tacoma on Artbeat Northwest. Don't miss the wonderful exhibits at the Bellevue Arts Museum this fall. The Bellevue Arts Museum is the Pacific Northwest Center for Art, Craft, and Design in downtown Bellevue. On Now is Searching for Home, a solo exhibit by Humera Abid. Abid offers a passionate and intimate look at the humanitarian consequences of the worldwide refugee crisis through meticulously crafted wood, sculptures, and miniature painting on until March of 2018. Opening November 10th is Making Our Mark. Over 250 teaching artists from the Pratt Fine Arts Center present an ambitious show celebrating Pratt's 40th anniversary on until March of 2018. Hope to see you soon at the Bellevue Arts Museum. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking with Katie Buckingham and Ben Cobb about the Museum of Glass in Tacoma. And let's start out with a little general information. You know, we have a lot of new people around that actually may not know that much about the wonderful Museum of Glass. So let's just start with a little history and just a little bit about what it is. Why don't you both chime in? Sure. So we opened um, in July of 2002 on the Foss Waterway in Tacoma, which was at one point a designated Superfund site. And um, like you said earlier, I've been there for coming on 16 years now. And... I've really seen the whole waterfront change. It's been pretty amazing. Tacoma is so beautiful now. They it's, have such a wonderful waterfront. It's been pretty it's way incredible. better than Seattle's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things that's really noticed, I was I was talking to a few folks who um, operate some kayak rentals and uh, paddleboard rentals on the waterfront there, and the uh, the access to the public is uh, incredible. There's right. there's there's a lot more people around, so it's been really interesting to watch that change. Um, but we've been there the, uh, the entire time we've seen it all through <laughs> and, uh, it's been great nice. location. Fantastic. Um, and, uh, speaking on behalf of everybody that lives up in Seattle, myself included, Tacoma is not that far away. <laughs> um, and there are six museums all within walking distance of each other where we have a museum district pass. So if you want to come for the afternoon and have lunch, you know, obviously we recommend that you start at Museum of Glass, but... There are a few other great museums, Tacoma Art Museum, Washington State History Museum, La May America's Car Museum, Foss Waterway Seaport, and everything's within walking distance of each other. And you said come and have lunch there. Lots of really wonderful places to have lunch, too. Absolutely. <laughs> there are. So, uh, yeah, it's a great, great place to go. Uh, so tell us a little bit now about exactly what's there at the Museum of Glass. Sure. Uh, not the yeah. exhibits yet, but just, you know, what, what, the sections what, and the what building. You might, what you might see on an average day. Yeah. Well, if you're to come visit us, we're open Wednesday through Sunday in sort of the off-season, and during the summer we're open seven days a week. So our hours are 10 to 5, and any time that visitors are at the museum, you can expect to see us working in the hot shop. So live glass blowing demonstrations, and if you're uh, able to look at our schedule, uh, we have a vast visiting artist program, um, so you might see uh, a visiting artist from anywhere in the world working with us in the hot shop um, to our exhibitions out in the Grand Hall. So there's a, a myriad of things to, to see and do while you're there. 
So if you go there and you're really wanting to watch uh, glass being blown, you won't be disappointed because it's open all the time. The museum is open, right? Yes. We are uh, blowing glass from 10 to 5. We do take a lunch break. <laughs> so we do have to stop and eat, and it's usually about 1 o'clock. And uh, we'll, we'll be, you know, having lunch from 1 to 2 typically. But uh, okay. That's probably when your visitors want to have lunch anyway. <laughs> it's, it's a, it works out pretty well. <laughs> but the crazy thing is you don't even have to come to the museum to watch us blow glass. You can go to our website, museumofglass.org slash live, and watch Ben work all the time from your desk. Oh, but don't you want to see it in person? Absolutely. You know, aren't we promoting people visiting your shop? <laughs> yeah, I saw that too, but I, I, I thought I enjoyed it more when I was right there. Yes. In person. <laughs> yeah. It's good. And we have a we have an MC there who walks you uh, through the process and answers all your questions. <clears throat> and the sort of the scope of what we're doing is, is we're really trying to um, ignite people's interests and, and sort of fuel discovery in the glassmaking process and really share that with the public so that they come away with a, an appreciation and a, and a bit of an education. Okay. So now I know you have a lot of uh, rooms full of exhibits, and why don't you talk a little bit about what's going on now and and uh, what's coming up? Oh, thank you. So we have three really fabulous glass exhibitions up in the museum right now. One of my favorite parts about our exhibition calendar is that we really do try to showcase <laughs> a variety of different ways of working with glass. So a lot of our visitors come um, knowing Dale Chihuly, our local hero here in the Pacific Northwest, and we do have a selection of his work from our permanent collection up to sort of ground you in our glass community here in the Pacific Northwest. And currently we have two different exhibitions um, on display alongside Dale's work. Complementary Contrasts, the Glass and Steel Sculptures of Albert Paley, features a project that the museum has been involved with for about seven years. We invited uh, East Coast uh, metalworker and sculptor Albert Paley to come to the museum for a residency. And the show that we have is the culmination of his work with glass, combining it with his metal sculptures. And this Albert Paley, I mean, he's designed everything from furniture to jewelry to, he is incredible, Super an incredible, incredible artist. And then I guess when he started working with glass, it was just sort of easy for him because he was so used to working with all kinds of materials. It's really amazing to hear him talk about his experience with glass because he's so analytical about how all materials impact his work. So I don't know about you, Ben, but I find it really interesting to watch an artist who works outside of glass typically come and experience working with it for the first time. And isn't it good to get those, uh, you know, people coming from a kind of a different area with a different point of view, kind of new things happen, don't they? I mean, I, I, it seems like that's what would occur. Absolutely. And at the museum, there's um, five of us in the hot shop. And on any given day, whatever the project that we have in front of us, um, the greatest part about it is that we're, we're problem solving. And so we're, we're looking at um, an artist's uh, sketch or rendition of what they'd like to see made and we're talking to that person about um, their vision, and we really try and figure it out. And so the, over the course of the residency, if it's, if it's a week that they're there, we're working typically on one to two projects, and we're really trying to um, you know, problem solve all, all the things that come along with it. So it's, it's very challenging and uh, engaging, and it, it keeps us 
on our toes. So, um, so he uh, made at least some of his sculptures at at the Mog, right? Yes, that's correct. I think we have ten or so sculptures that were made at Museum of Glass, and the rest of the exhibition are is sculptures that Albert made experimenting with other places. Uh, he did a residency in 1997 at Pilchuck Glass School, which is up in Stanwood, for example. Ah. So we have work from that all the way to a residency he did last year uh, at Corning Museum of Glass in New York. So it's a great overview of Albert's work and also a really interesting new take on how to use glass to make sculpture. And he, I was looking online, and he's done huge things architecturally for buildings too you know it's just like this is a world-class artist everyone should see yes of course you have so many of those (laughs) and we're excited he hasn't shown his work on the west coast uh frequently so this is a really great opportunity for people new to his work to experience it for the first time great and then oh our third exhibition Uh, we have a our last show is called uh, michael e taylor traversing parallels And Michael Taylor works with optical glass. So if you've seen a prism or a telescope lens, it's glass that's thick all the way through. He cuts it and assembles it into abstract sculptures that are inspired by everything from science fiction to particle physics to artificial intelligence. Uh, It's really a totally different way of thinking about art and how glass is made. And they must be very optically interesting the way light flows through them. Absolutely. It's like walking around a big three-dimensional kaleidoscope. Ah. So, very, and every time I've been there, I was telling them that, you know, not only do you have absolutely incredible exhibits, but there's always so much going on. There is music or da- and dancing. Last time I was there, there was music and dancing, plus glass blowing, plus it was just like keeping things going at a dull roar. And you were saying uh, that, like, for for people coming in, uh, you use uh, dancers and uh, other uh, artists. Uh, it doesn't just have to be a glass person. Sure. Um, so in, in talking about the scope of our visiting artist program, it's not just uh, relying on folks who have experience with the material. So it's it's open to all walks of life in terms of uh, in terms of the arts. So we've worked with painters and poets. We've worked with dancers and musicians, um, ceramicists, metal sculptors like Albert. Uh, the list goes on and on. So it really, it's just about sort of the idea and a vision. So, yeah. So how does a person get into this? Say it's a glass artist. Sure. Uh, you must have a lot of glass artists that get into this program. Uh, who are you looking for? I know uh, over the years, you've had this program for many years, right? Yes, we've, we've had it pretty much since the beginning, and it's grown in scale and changed a little bit as well. Most of the visiting artists that we've had over the years are by invitation, and in some way, maybe they relate back to the exhibition. So we've had Albert Paley in residence, and now he has an exhibition there. Typically, while their show is up, we might like to have that artist back in the hot shop. So wow. Albert was actually just with us in um, the end of January of this year. And we also have an application process, which is open to all artists um, from far and wide. And they can submit an application that gets reviewed at, the, at, at year's end. And from that, we'll select four artists to come and join us for the following year. Ah, so 
you have a broad spectrum. You have emerging artists and uh, people who are really established professionals, right? Yes, and we also do a couple of things locally. Um, we've worked with the, I want to get this right, Greater Community Tacoma Foundation, Greater Tacoma Community Foundation, um, and they put on an exhibition of local Pierce County artists, and we've crowdsourced uh, from that exhibition some um, sort of a, a, a favorite artist from that exhibition, and then we have them in the hot shop for a couple of days. So we just had Heather Cornelius, who is a local ceramicist, and um, this was her first time in the hot shop uh, as an artist and, and working uh, in the material. So it oh, so then she's working in glass? Yes. So and she, so she's communicating with you all to have a project completed, right? Exactly. And oh, so wonderful. she brought in um, forms and drawings on a sort of a direction that she's working in with an idea to translate those into glass. And so that's what we worked on for a couple of days. Sounds very interesting. And then, okay, so we were talking about exhibits, so no, so what do we have ahead that's very exciting? I have been really excited uh, prepping for our exhibition, Foraging the Hive, which opens on May 26th. Two artists, uh, local Tyler Budge, who is a professor at UW-Tacoma, and his collaborator, Sarah Young, have been thinking about bees. They're both avid beekeepers, and they have been developing a project which uses the way that bees collect honey in their hive as a way to talk about human creativity and how important it is for us to work together to achieve big goals. So in April, we're actually going to be installing a working beehive outside of our museum. <laughs> but wait, there's more. So the, the beehive will have a webcam, which will be projected into our galleries. Sarah and Tyler have been working on about 8,000 test tubes, which they've been filling for the last 10 years with things that remind them of where they are or hold a memory or reflect visual significance. So the test tubes will be hung as a swarm that visitors will get to walk through. And then at the end, we're actually inviting visitors to make their own test tube to add to the installation. Yeah, and bees are a hot topic right now. Absolutely, so. <laughs> we've uh, I've learned a, I've learned a lot about bees, uh, and we're having a really great time collaborating with Master Gardener and with Pierce County Beekeepers Association. They're helping us create a rooftop garden for the bees to uh, live and pollinate. Great. Listen, it's already time for a break. We're here talking about all the goings on at Museum of Glass. We'll be right back with more on Art Beat Northwest. Is art making too messy for your house? Then head on over to the Kirkland Art Center and take a class with a professional art teacher. At Kirkland Art Center, you or your child can experiment or refine artistic skills that can last a lifetime. In our art studios and classes, you can paint, cut, build, draw, print, glue, and splatter to your heart's content. We're located in the heart of Kirkland on Market Street in the historic Peter Kirk Building. Learn more about the classes we offer and register online at kirklandartcenter.org. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking about the Museum of Glass, and we were talking about their ex exhibitions, and they're a hot shop, and uh, we want to talk a little bit about 
what they have uh, as far as workshops for kids and adults. Uh, what do people do hands-on at the Museum of Glass? We have a lot of hands-on activities for adults and families. Usually they're on Saturdays. The second Saturday of the month, we do a fusing workshop so you can make a tile with your own design. And usually it's the third Saturday of March, but check our website's calendar. We do a hands-on glassblowing experience in our hot shop. Next month, we are doing March Madness-themed paperweights. So if you have a team that you're supporting and you want a cool prize for your ladder or a little more spirit on your desk, check out our website to sign up. Oh, fun. Okay. And then I heard you had a kids' class where they do their own art. We, yes. we, we And then you translate that into glass. That, and yeah. I saw some of those, and I thought they were so cool. Yeah. And you did a book on it. We did. So we <laughs> opened an exhibition in, in 2009 called Kids Design Glass, and it was based on a program that we started in 2004. And it was in response to um, a gla uh, an exhibition that we had called uh, Glass from Murano from the Olnick Spanu Collection. And it really was a way to highlight the relationship between designer and maker. Uh, glass throughout the ages was not necessarily made by the artist. It was made by uh, people who worked in the factory. So glass was designed, sketched out on paper. Those, pa you know, those drawings were brought right. to the glass house and the pieces were made and executed. So we tried to find a way to bring that to the public. And what we settled upon was um, sort of a, an art competition for kids 12 and under and this still goes on. Um, anybody, any kid, twelve and under, can submit a drawing to us. And oh, really? You can, oh, would be artists listen in? Yep, you can find the application under. on our on our website. You can come in and, and grab one from our Ed Studio, uh, make as many drawings as you like, and send them in. And once a month, the last Saturday of the month, we pick a winner. We call the family, and we really hope that they can attend. So they come in and and um, they sit in the front row, and we sort of discuss the drawing, and then we make it. And we make two pieces, and we keep one for our collection, and we give one to the family. And so that, that spurred the, uh, the exhibition in 2009 called Kids Design Glass, which is, I believe, on its way to uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, really? So it's yes. been, uh, it's, it's been uh, shown nationally. It has been. And you can also find a, a small installation in three different locations in SeaTac. And oh, I, really? uh, I think Katie can yes. tell us where those if are. If you were looking in baggage claim or if you're out at a terminal or international arrivals, you can find some of our kids design glass pieces. Yeah. You know, I saw a lot there and I thought they were charming and the book is charming, too. But what a thrill for, you know, a, a young person under 12 to have their design in glass and maybe in a book or in the airport. Yeah, <laughs> just a thrill. It's been pretty incredible. Um, I, from the draw, uh, the pieces that we made leading up to th 2009, when we opened the exhibition, we invited all of the uh, child designers to come to the opening. Oh. And at, at that point, some of those kids had, you know, grown a few years, and they were sort of awkward teenagers or maybe a little bit older. And uh, you could really see the impact that it had on the kids. And in some cases, they, you know, they really. Um, they were transitioning to college and they were thinking about going into art therapy. So it's, it's really had a, a positive impact on a lot of kids' lives, which is, which is very cool. Well, talk about positive impact on lives. I think you have a lot of other programs that have a positive impact on people's lives. How about the 
Heroes program. Let's talk a little bit about that. We don't have too much time. Left. Yeah, uh, quick. Um, we have this program, Hot Shop Heroes, which happens in our uh, hot shop at in the evenings, and it's open to uh, veterans and uh, folks transitioning out of the military. And it's a way. Um, it's a way to. And isn't a lot of it injured veterans that yes. are rehabilitating? Yep. Yes. Um, to to all aspects of of military um, personnel. And they come in, and it's it's a, been a, a very therapeutic process. Uh, they work with the material. There's problem solving. There's a lot of teamwork, um, and it's it can be a high pressure environment. And that's something that we have found that the the veterans and, and soldiers have really responded to positively. So they work. Uh, they've developed a few projects. Um, they've had a, a small exhibition at the museum. In fact, there's one up right now. Um, uh, it's in the, Madigan Hospital on JBLM. Yes. Oh. And so they're, they're works of art that um, were designed collaboratively and made by the Hot Shop Heroes students. And that's, that's been a fantastic program. Fabulous. And now you have uh, a lot of other programs just for kids, right? We do. We have a program called Science of Art, which is a, a field trip that dovetails with the... Uh, classes or the things that students are learning about in their science classes. So we send one of our docents to the school. They learn about the physics of light and glass or how we put color in glass. So they do a science curriculum in the classroom and then they come to the museum for a tour so they can watch how the work is made in the hot shop or learn about what's in our galleries. Uh, So we do that all year round. Um, and And that's important because there's so little money for art and science in schools now, that anything like this that can enhance their education is very, very important. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for coming in, uh, but we are already running out of time. And I want to know, uh, can you give me the website where listeners can go to find your calendar and find out more about the Museum of Glass? Super simple, museumofglass.org. Museumofglass.org. There's lots on their website. And, oh, it just, this just reminds me. i got to get over there again. I love that place. Come on down. Check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's on Dock Street in Tacoma. Open Wednesday through Sunday. And they're going to be blowing glass there, having all kinds of exhibits, celebration, singing, dancing. There's, yep, there's it, some dancing. They just keep things going, right? Yes. Okay. Well, you listeners, be sure to listen in to KKNW 1150 AM every Tuesday at 5 p.m. for more wonderful ideas about art on Artbeat Northwest. I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off. Have a great, creative week.